Hi, thank you for coming to the CYOC meeting. And tonight is July 25th, 2023. And we are on We Agnostics, studying in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Our speaker tonight is Lois P, who will share with us on We Agnostics. Thank you so much, Lois, and take it away. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you, Liz, for inviting me. And thank you, everyone, for being here. I see all your beautiful, friendly faces, and it makes me feel very comfortable and at home. Um, we Agnostics, this is my favorite chapter. I mean, they're all wonderful, but this is my favorite chapter in the big book. And um, I'll just, I just want to show you just one picture. Um, this was me. Um, I don't know if you could see that. When I came in to program. Um, and I would lose weight, I'd gain it back. I'd, you know, run meetings, I would lead, I would, and I always believed in God. I was raised in a very traditional religion. Um, but always God was something other than out there. There was no direct connection, except when I was desperate or scared. And I would just say, please, God, help me. But that was the extent of my contact with God. And um, as I said, I was raised in a traditional religion and believed in God because my family did. Mm. And uh, but when I asked questions, I had to go to a parochial school. And after that, you know, uh, learn the precepts. And when I would ask questions, the answers were not satisfying to me. And, and I was young and I just wasn't satisfied. So when I was able to, and I left my traditional religion, I went off to college, I decided, decided I was going to find the answers, that there were brilliant people out there in the world. And so, you know, I majored in philosophy, Eastern European philosophy, and classical studies. So, you know, the great thinkers in, of the world, I knew they would have the answer to the struggle I was feeling inside myself that I couldn't really identify, but yet kept me eating. So, of course, I went through, you know, I came out with my degree, you know, honor roll, even a tutor of philosophy and nothing. I had no answers, nothing. And these were the considered the great minds, you know, of Western thinking and also classical studies, you know, um, the great writers. I, I, they uplifted me, but they didn't give me what I was really hungering for. I didn't even know what I was hungering for. I just knew there was something that was missing inside of me and I kept trying to fill it with food. Or I would try to fill it with relationships. And that never worked out, or it would work out just for a little while, just like eating something worked out just for a little while. And then those relationships would just somehow fall apart or just not be what I was looking for, just like the food wasn't. But the food was my only life raft as I started to go through life. So even after you know I came out of college and I went to work, my intention was to go back for a couple of master's degrees. I never did that because I started getting hired for different jobs in New York City that were very well paying. And I got all puffed up. You know, I was a single woman and I was in a man's world and very competitive markets down there. And um, and my ego got bigger and bigger and bigger. And and I stayed at a smaller weight just because I cared about how I looked. But inside there was this something was only always churning in me, you know, and I couldn't identify it. It was just this low level anxiety 
And I, and I've really come to see that it was basically just being alive, like just being alive and not knowing how to live, um, how to deal with my feelings, how to deal with other people's reactions to me, how to deal with the social norms that I always felt I had to live up to, you know, or, or that my parents or, uh, other people thought I should be, there was something terribly missing and I hadn't found it so far. So of course I ended up getting married thinking that was going to do it, you know, and lived in a 20 year marriage. That was also, there was great love. And then of course that changed as well. And we had a, a child, a son, my husband, as I call him, had two little girls that I helped raise. So I was focused on other people. Meanwhile, I got heavier and heavier. And I showed you the picture. I mean, I kept getting heavier. Something was still wrong inside of me. So I got to a point where, as you all have done, I'm sure, you know, every diet, every routine, you know, I've done meditation retreats. I've gone into seclusion. I've done every diet in the book. Um, nothing was doing it. It wasn't about the weight, only I didn't know that. When I finally reached a point where I was really crushed by my efforts to fix this, because I could fix other things. I'm, I'm like a type A, you know, I can, I, you give me a task, I go for it, I get it done. And that's unfortunate for someone like me because that feeds my sense of self. So I just figured this was something I could master. And of course, we all know or I didn't, you know, I couldn't master it. And I finally got to a point in my life where I was exhausted from trying. And I had this emptiness inside that I could not fill. And I just came to a point where one night I basically just said, God, and I use that word loosely because it means many things to me. I just said, please take my life, take it, take my body. I'm tired of the struggle take it. And if it can be of any use to you, because I I'm done, I'm really done. And something changed in me, something changed in me. And the next day I went to a vision meeting, uh, you know, a big book meeting. Um, I announced as a newcomer, someone called me instantly, became my sponsor. And, um, and she started to teach me how black and white the issue is that it's about the addiction to substances. That substance was an addiction. And then I became obsessed by thinking about it, wanting more, about, more of it. And what she began to help me to see was that there was an empty, there was a hole inside of me, which I knew. I just didn't know how to fill it. And, and it was, she started working me through the steps, which I had done so many times in regular OA rooms. And I had taken people through the steps, but this time I was really broken. I was ready. Something had to change. I was done. And as she took me through the steps and I started to get through, you know, step three, where I said, yes, please, God, I'm willing to take my life. Step four, you know, I got into the, the things that were still burdensome, that were bothering me, that were still hard on my heart. And I was able to release them. Thank God you know, by talking to my sponsor and giving her my fifth step. And as I went through the steps, you know, and I started to see people that I may have harmed or insulted or, you know, injured in some way, and I made amends. And there was a lightness that started to come into my being. There was a, 
a lack of importance that I had run around with my whole life thinking I knew better, thinking that I, you know, I was smart. I had all the accolades, not only in school or college, but in my community, I had the accolades. That was my downfall. And so giving all of that up, I came to this place where as I went through the steps, a humility started to occur where I really realized I don't know what's best for him. I, I really don't know what is the best thing for you or that he shouldn't be acting like that. They shouldn't be dressing like that. What is wrong with the world? All these attitudes, I realized that was the real weight that I was carrying. It was the weight, and I've said this before, so if anybody here has heard me, forgive me for being repetitive. It was the weight in my head that was the outer manifestation was the weight on my body. I always felt I had to be in charge because I was so scared. There was a fear in me that I, I couldn't identify because I came from a good background. You know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, dysfunctional stuff in my family. But there was a fear. I felt detached from something greater. And once I started to get into the big book, it shows you, it showed me exactly how to get to that place of connection. And for me, the connection was, again, as I grew up, God or that Holy Spirit that was out there was something other than myself. And in the big book, it tells us about, you know, Bill talks about being rocketed into the fourth dimension, you know, that there's, there's a whole other level of being that these men experience. And I'm, and I, and it's real, it's real. You know, and they had to give up their own small self, their own desires for their own well-being and serve. And that's what started to happen for me. I didn't want to be Lois anymore. I didn't want, even though, I mean, I have, you know, children. I wasn't, you know, doing anything inappropriate, like running away or, you know, um, no, something shifted in me. There was a, a, like a seismic shift that occurred. And I started to feel a presence within my heart that only comes when I open to it. It's available. And what has kept what kept me from this connection was That's 10 lower. Thank you. Thanks, Holly. What kept me from the connection was were the quote character defects that are talked about in the 10th step. It was all of the fears, the resentments, the jealousy, the, the insecurities that I was experiencing almost every day that I was not talking about. I wasn't identifying it. It was just stewing in me. That was keeping me from this greater presence that naturally emerges when I started to clear away this daily debris of thinking that I was the center of everybody's universe you know, or that I had to fix things. I had to make it work. I have to save my kid. I have to, you know, speak up for all these women at my job. You know, I, there is a letting go and a real surrender that I'd never experienced before in my life. You know, and in We Agnostics, it talks about, you know, how could we not think there is something more profound and ineffable and supremely intelligent? How could we not believe that when I just started to look at simple things in nature, not things that man made, even though they, they're glorious, but just 
how does a tree function? How do little flowers break, you know, break through the cracks in the in the in the cement and still grow? How do you know migrations of animals happen? Thousands of miles, you know, that every year they know what to do. What is that? What is that? How does the sun, you know, rise and set? How does the ocean not drown everybody? It comes and it goes. It comes and it goes, you know, because it's in love with the moon. It has a relationship with the moon. The more I let go of my own ideas and started to look around me like a child again, like to develop this innocence, you know, you must become again like little children in a way. You know, I started to go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it really is like that. It really is like that. So for me, you know, we agnostics basically says, you know, who are we to say there is no God? And for me, for me, God is not the male. You know, I see the feminine principle, you know, the goddess um, for me, um, uh, the nurturer, the giver of life. You know, it's so there's a profound relationship that can develop when you clear when I clear it away every day. And I really do a 10 step every day with a 10 step partner. I, I, I see if I'm, if I'm frightened that day, do I have resentments? Cause somebody cut me off in traffic, things I'd never think about. I talk about now little things, you know, Oh, you know, she just, she, she interrupted me when I was talking, you know, those little annoyances, they build up. And that's the screen that stops this clear being from emerging. There's no great search I had to go on. I didn't, I went searching after high school. You don't have to search. It's here. It's already here within me. It's within me. I just needed to do the work that this book shows me, this beautiful big book shows me in only 164 pages, how to get to that connection with God. It's a supremely easy connection that occurs. It's natural. There's a contentment and a happiness and a joy that I have found is our natural state. It's the natural state that I think God wants us to be in. And I was in the way of letting that natural state emerge. And so again, it's those character, those default programs in my head, you know, that stood in the way of this beautiful emergence of a relationship with the beloved that deepens the more I trust it. It's like, believing again you know those who had christmas it's like believing again in santa claus you know believe believe trust that there is a greater supremely unconditionally loving intelligence that is in you it's within you it's in your own heart trust it talk to it and you'll be amazed this is what i found i shouldn't say you but truly i think it's available for all of us and it's it's easy to get to but as the the big book tells us we have to do the work. And the work is really simple. It is living through the steps, taking the steps sequentially, not in three years, doing it fairly, I think doing it fairly quickly. So the momentum builds, the food is down. You put the food down for sure. Step zero, you start doing the steps with a sponsor. You move through quickly of momentum and energy builds and you start releasing things. You start getting in touch with this deeper part. In the big book, it says deep down inside everyone, Every man, woman, and child, they, we know there is, there is something. There is God. We just use that word. The word is not what it is. We just use a word. But it, there's a profound, I don't know, contentment and joy and trust 
and knowing that all is well. I mean, to really thank you. Thank you, Holly. Um, it's, 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 it's been a miracle in my life, this transition. It came through great pain. Just like when I gave birth, there was great pain. This is, this was greatly painful. What happened to me where I finally had kind of a breakdown where I could not go on as the old Lois any longer. And I truly gave my life up to something greater. And it's never been the same. And I've never taken my life back. And instead, I've been filled with this, this joy and this wonder that I know is available to every single person here. And uh, again, it's the steps will take you there. To me, the steps are the stairway to heaven. That's the way I look at them. So we agnostics um, really nails it as far as I'm concerned. You know, all of the wonders of this amazing world. If we just look at even one thing and really look at it and try to understand it, we will, you know, I'm, I'm, I marvel, I marvel at it. So I trust that. I trust that supreme divinity that I call the mother. So thank you. That's, that's all I have. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thanks, Holly, for helping. Thank you so much, Lois P. Really appreciate you sharing tonight. We will now open the meeting for questions or three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing, I'm sorry, I didn't realize my video was off. Let me turn it back on. There we go. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter we're studying, which is We Agnostics. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute once it's your turn. And would Holly please set a timer for three minutes for each share, and if someone asks a question, also allow three minutes for each answer. All right, we're going to start with Nancy P. Go ahead, Nancy. Hi, uh, thank you so much, uh, Lois. Excellent, excellent share. Thank you. This is my favorite chapter too, like of all times. I think it's the best chapter of any chapter in any book I've ever read, like ever, any ever, ever book. And um, in particular, I love uh, on page 28, it talks about as soon as we're willing and honest enough to try, you know, there's no conflict among us. And I feel like that, that that whole page, like I can't, don't have time to go into it now, but it's a, a significance to me, especially when I'm sponsoring, you know, when I talk to my sponsees, that the book says, the book, you know, on the one hand, the book is like about all about God. They don't spend, even in We Agnostics, they don't spend a tremendous amount of time saying, well, it's really whatever you want, but it's just going to be something. They don't say that. They spend most of their time saying it's God. And um, But that particular page is so... Um, life-saving for me because I'm not an atheist, but neither am I a believer. And I had to, I do exist happily, serenely, joyfully in the gray area in between, but I had to figure out how to do it. And that page says um, that there's a way. And, you know, I always say, I live in Boston, right next to Boston, right on, right off of Route 95, which goes from Maine to Florida. And I, I always use the analogy of if I want to get to New York, it's a straight shot down 95. If the traffic is willing, I can be there in four hours. But the book says 
I can go to Maine first if I want and be there in 12 hours. I can go to LA first if I want and be there overnight or, you know, on the red eye, or I can go to China. As long as I get to New York, I'm okay. And that's what I had to do. I had to, you know, all religions say the same thing. They say, come with us and do what we do and we'll keep you safe. We'll keep you out of scary neighborhoods off of weird highways and strange on-ramps and all that. Just come with us. But I didn't like that. So I had to take a spiritual machete and bushwhack my way through the jungle and build my own on-ramp onto the road of happy destiny. And I did exactly that. And I found, as you say, I, I say this to, you know, to my sponsees, it's free, it's abundant, and it's available to everyone. And it is unlimited, like unlimited. It's more, it's more unlimited since you're into nature, natural things. It's more unlimited than hydrogen, which is the most unlimited element in the, in the universe, as far as anyone knows. It's just, it's never ending. And in fact, it begets more of itself. The more I give it away, the more I get. Like, it just seems to, if it was a, you know, retirement investing, I'd be all set. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it's there for me. And, you know, I'm not cured. And I'm going to wrap up with this. I'm not cured, but I feel cured. And if anything could quantitatively cure me, it would be working with others. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy P. And next we have Anne L. Go ahead, Anne. Hi, Anne. Gratefully recovered crossover reader. Um, Lois, thank you so much for your share. Um, a lot of what you said I could relate to very much. Um, when I first came, I um, saw a lot in nature that drew me in. And, um, and, um, we agnostics drew me in when I read it. Um, you know, just a, a, I used to think of a, a spirit that was growing inside of me and that as long as I continued to um, nurture it um, with prayer and meditation and, and um, it would continue to grow and, and it did. And, um, you know, uh, and it mixed in with a nature idea. Um, and, um, you know, eventually it became what, um, today I call for me, the God of my understanding. And I am, um, so grateful for the big books, um, approach, um, because I didn't like God, um, a long time ago. So I had to change my whole, um, viewpoint about, um, my creative, um, intelligence or spirit of the universe, whatever you want to call and um, find one that worked for me. And, um, and that was what I did. And um, it does work for me and, and I'm grateful. And, um, and that's really all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. And I probably will mispronounce your name, but I'm gonna try. Deville, go ahead, please. And please correct me. Yeah, got it. Um, Deville, a compulsive reader in uh, Ottawa, Canada. Um, thank you so much. It's really, yeah, very serene share, I have to say. Like, um, I can't listen to, to be honest, to every share, but some, some really resonate. And this was one of those shares. So thank you so much. Um, and it, um, I guess what I wanted to ask you specifically, um, like, how do you, so step two talks about in, in this chapter a lot about prejudices and how we, you know, um, we should smash them or set them aside or whatever. Um, 
and and I certainly have a lot of those. Um, it was helpful for me to just basically list them out and recognize, okay, these are the prejudices really that are keeping me from accessing this power. Um, and uh, so one of those is like kind of believing that um, my higher power wants the opposite from what I want. Um, and, and it's just become so clear, you know, whenever I try to sort of like tune in and seek the guidance, I always hear this like opposite. It's almost like, well, if you go, like, for example, if you go to the gym and you work, work with resistance, work with like, you know, the weights and whatever, that's how you're going to build that muscle. And that's, and I can't help having that perception about my higher power that, you know, it's like a spiritual growth. It's a spiritual muscle that we develop through basically doing the opposite from, or yeah, doing the opposite from what we want. And um, again, I, I guess I just wanted to put it out there and see if you have anything to say about this. And um, I, I'd appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the question. Um, I, I can only say from my own experience that um, there was no concept that um, that I had to argue against in my mind. It was something I had to draw closer to, and um, and I find it's it's a gentle inner voice. You know, even when I was binging or you know I wasn't connected the way I feel now, um, there was always a little voice. Don't go here. Don't say that do this it was always gentle and quiet and I always plowed right over it to do whatever I wanted so how do you connect to that well again I go back to doing the work of the 10th step which is a daily inventory because when I go back and I see all of my thoughts and judgments I get to see them and share them see it's not just I see them by myself sharing your feelings with another person. And again, I encourage on a daily basis, it clears away a lot of that mental debris, that mental confusion. And what emerges is, is a, a voice you can, not a voice like I'm talking to you, but there's an inner prompting. There's an inner knowing that emerges and it's always gentle and it lets you know, this is good, this is not good you know, at least for me, but, I, but I've heard it enough because I, you know, I do sponsor people. So I hear it in them as well, as they get to that place where they start living in this, the, in this, the spirit, we've entered the world of the spirit, Bill says, and, and that God does for us things that we never could do for ourselves. So we have to get out of the way, Deville. And I think that that's where, at least for me, the light came, comes on every day. Is to, is to get yourself out of the way. And we're in our head a lot, right? So it's the head that gets in the way. It's the mind. We have to start observing and becoming conscious. I had to become conscious of my thoughts. And any thought that was distracting or pulling me into 
fear or anger or confusion. That was me. That was me. I started to recognize that the voice of the higher power or this inner intelligence was clear. I always felt safe and comforted when I listened to that voice. When I listened to my voice, it created conflict with other people. It caused stress in my own day. So I've begun to decipher which voice is the true inner one, inner voice, which is your high, the higher self. It is, it is the God within. Um, so working with my own thoughts, being conscious of them and sharing them with another person on a daily basis. It's like you have to brush your teeth every day. I have to clear my mind every day. And then as someone else mentioned, prayer and meditation, especially meditation helps a lot. That's time lost. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for the question. Thank you. And next we have Stacy P. Go ahead, Stacy. Stacy F. Yeah. Ahead, Stacey. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Stacy. I'm recovering compulsive reader. Lois, that was fabulous and so inspirational. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. I actually have two questions. One, um, I'm curious what um, how you meditate. If I can ask you that, I'm curious what your process of meditation is. And also, I'm I'm curious, um, you know, I tend to think I'm one of the smarter people in the universe. And, you know, and, and, you know, all of a sudden, you let go of that you described and, and, and I'm, I'm curious how that came about. Was that a sudden thing? Or is that something that was a whole process? Um, because I still think I know what my daughter should do and what my husband should do and what my son should do. And, you know, so thank you. No, Stacey, that's a great question. And um, uh, I still see, I still think those things too. <laughs> but I can't, I catch myself. You see, I know that's me. I, that's me being self-centered. That I'm thinking I'm their God. I think that I, that they somehow will, that I forget that they have within them the same inner protection and love and guidance that I do and that each one of them has their own path to follow yes I will suggest or I'll say to my son do you mind if I give you my my feeling about something so mm -hmm. I will ask now whereas before I would just plow right in you know and say listen you really should do it this way you know or why are you seeing that person he's not good for you I mean I used to just assume I don't assume any longer so I started to see my small self acting as if I was in charge of everybody's life mm -hmm. and that I knew better. Mm -hmm. So it's like I really catching that, seeing that about yourself. Yeah, you are. We are smart. I mean, we're very effective. You know, we do great things, but that's just doing. That's just doing things. It's not who you are. And it's trusting that each soul, your son, your husband, your 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 mothers, your parents, that they have within them, you know, this inner guidance that loves them and will direct them, just like every other living thing has within it, you know. And to, for me to just get off, take my hands off the wheel and stop driving everybody's life, and just let them know I love them, I respect them, and let and let me hear what they're hearing from their inner guidance you know and then let me support them and even if i think they're going in the wrong direction i go listen sweetie i love you but i'm not sure you know whatever you want to do is fine with me that's a huge shift for me huge i've lost relationships my brother stopped talking to me 
um, friends, you know, stopped talking to me because I was so certain I was right. I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. If, hopefully that helps. Thank you. Thank you so much. And next we have Catherine. Go ahead, Catherine. Yeah. Hi. Can you hear me? Okay. Hi, Lois. Thank you so much for your share. And um, I could relate a lot to what you talked about as it related to to the temp step. And I, I just have a question about, I guess, a technical question there. You mentioned that you have a, a temp step buddy. And I wondered if you could um, say a little bit more about that. And like, do you have a certain time you talk to this person or, you know, I, I am at the point where I am, I'm making one a day, you know, my sponsor said, there's something irritating you. <laughs> there's gotta be. And I'm finding it to just be the most freeing and amazing thing, but I am not doing it with one person. So if you could um, speak to that a little, I'd appreciate it. Thanks. Oh, thanks, Catherine. No, that's great. I, the fact you're doing it, it doesn't have to be the same person. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, I participate on something called the 10-step train, which is okay. started by some, some people in vision. And so like I'm assigned, you're assigned a partner for two weeks and then you two work out your time, you know, and, you know, total strangers and it's great. And then another two weeks, then you're assigned a different person. Um, but you don't, it doesn't have to be, you know, there are people on online who I know here that are doing a 10 step and they have a 10 step buddy. Other people just call up their sponsor or a friend. But the 10 step to me opens the door to 11 and 12. It opens the door to that deeper spiritual connection, right? Because you're, you're getting rid of all of the inner ego stuff. And then 12 is where you help others get there. You know, yeah. So it's beautiful. It's great that you're doing it. Absolutely great, Catherine. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Catherine. And now I will ask Nancy, our Zoom host, to discontinue the recording.